Hello, my name is Jason Reichel, and you're listening to Risk Management Brick by Brick. I'm fascinated with people who are helping build and maintain the physical world around us. On each episode of this podcast, we'll dive in with a risk manager, speak to them about how technology plays a role in this process. Hello, you're listening to Brick by Brick, the podcast about the risk we assume building the built world. I'm your host, Jason Reichel. Today, we have Rich Linka on the show. Rich is the founder and CEO of the Sports and Entertainment Risk Management Alliance, SERMA, the first and only organization for risk industry professionals in the sports and entertainment industries. Rich also co-hosts one of the most prominent legal podcasts, which during this interview you'll hear isn't afraid to dive into interesting questions. Rich is a really neat person, and I can't wait for you to hear this interview. Let's get to it. Thank you, Rich, for joining me. I'm excited to dive in because... You run one of the most interesting organizations in Surma. So why don't we start with a little bit about your background, how you ended up in the field you're in, because I, I know that your background's in law. But why don't you give us a little bit of background around Surma, about how you ended up where you're at, and what you're looking forward to going into 2024. Yeah, thanks, Jason. Thanks for having me. We started Surma about a year and a half ago, and the idea was to be a place where people who handle risk management, claims management, litigation, insurance issues in sports and entertainment could gather, could share ideas, resources, best practices, in-person networking, and basically just be a sounding board, be a safe place, as you will, for people to share ideas that didn't really exist in the market before. Uh, I am a lawyer, as you mentioned. I uh, have been in practice for many years, and I handle a lot of different practice areas, but among them are sports and entertainment law, and that's one of my growing practice areas. I also, separately from that, have had a production company for a number of years called Triopolis, and in that capacity, I have produced some films, some live theater, so I kind of have that perspective as well. So all of that combined to uh, give me the idea to start this community and it's gone, it's gone really well. Amazing. I guess when someone thinks about, obviously, when you think about risk, when you get a lawyer involved that is kind of at the when all of that risk is already falling apart and maybe not worked appropriately, what indicators did you see in sports entertainment, risk management that really called for this group to come together and share ideas? Did you see a lot of risk managers with very different processes from one another. What was the catalyst? Yeah, it's a good question. I mean, just, I think the growing frequency of issues that are so pervasive in this area, you know, almost every day there's an issue that touches sports and entertainment, risk and legal issues. I think that there are a variety, there are a variety of approaches to it. So there's no real uniformity. So that was one, an effort to you know, I mean, not that I'm someone who has to tell people how to do their job, but more of a place for people who are like-minded and who are doing basically the same type of work in different areas can come together and, you know, maybe come up with better plans to do so. But, you know, when you look at the unfortunate mass shootings at sporting events or at uh, concerts, or you look at weather-related events, you look at cancellations because artists are ill or they can't perform. If you look at uh, events like intellectual property issues, alleged copyright violations, all those issues are, I think, more pervasive than ever. And that was one of the reasons why, you know, we thought now is a great time to put this organization together. I love that because you're hitting on one of the trending topics in risk management right now when I'm talking to people, which is the idea of what 
risk is and what a risk manager has to manage is quickly evolving, right? Everything from cyber to climate change issues to this is in construction if you're building a building, but also if like the mentioned about the sickness and the pandemic and, you know, touring artists trying to tour. I, I used to be a touring artist, so I can only imagine if you're going to a new city every day, how that can affect everything down the line to events that are, you know, catastrophic, like the, the mass shooting example, it feels like we are in a new landscape where you need fundamental contingency plans to manage this risk. And it's a risk that's not solely focused on your organization or your company. It's a broader industry risk, which might require an industry solutioning, which is, it seems like what you're trying to do with the CERMA group by getting everyone together and, and talking through these processes. Yeah, I mean, I think traditionally, Jason, you know, if you were in, in charge of a music festival, you know, there were certain identifiable risks that you were aware of, right? I mean, the risks of weather maybe or, or crowd control or artists not showing up or things like that, traffic-related issues and so forth, right? But who would have thought that you'd be dealing with terrorist attacks at music festival? We just saw that, unfortunately, on, on a massive scale in the Middle East about a month and a half ago. So that's something that our members are actively discussing. As of yesterday, we had a, a board meeting and we discussed that as a unfortunate reality of part of their job as well. And frankly, you know, most people who came up through the system are not trained in that area, nor should they be. You know, it's a really unfortunate reality that you now have to be almost a global terrorist expert to be a risk manager. So those are evolving threats. They're evolving risks that everyone needs to be aware of. And you know, we're hopefully adding some ability to share those insights and to learn from each other. Let's talk about another evolving trend, which is if you think about it, it's interesting because it's sports and entertainment and I'm seeing more sports teams become the sport team, a special events, uh, city, city involvement, owning the businesses around the uh, stadium and putting tenants in them. All of these businesses seem to be expanding at a rapid rate through other means than maybe the traditional sport manager, you know, the risk manager who works for the sports team is used to dealing with, you know, these 10 sort of risks on an ongoing basis. And now you're introducing some community event that they don't know how to manage appropriately. So it does seem like also the business models for these organizations are evolving currently as well. Yeah, there's no question. I mean, listen, if you were the risk manager for an NFL stadium, let's say, and, you know, you'd worry about eight days a year, like literally you'd worry traditionally about, you know, eight days a year, maybe a couple extra playoff games. That was your job. Right. Um, and that's a challenge. But to your point, these days, uh, arenas, stadiums, they are destinations in and of themselves. And the amounts of resources and money devoted to them involve inherently additional events that you need to be trained for. I'll give you an example. That's literally ripped from the headlines. I mean, here in Chicago, uh, there's a big controversy over the planned uh, expansion of the stadium at Northwestern University in Evanston, just a short drive north of where I'm sitting. And, you know, the community is unhappy with the expansion of that stadium to a multi-use venue where not only are you going to have, you know, lots of people there on a Saturday watching football, but they're also leasing the stadium out for several concert venues per year. And that's causing a lot of consternation and unhappiness in the community. Well, you know, suddenly the risk manager has to go from uh, knowing the risks associated with putting on a Big Ten football game to, you know, crowd control for concerts. And what do you do if 
the artist doesn't show up and how do you deal with cancellation insurance? Yeah, and the difference between a Tuesday night concert or a Thursday night concert and a Saturday day game are pretty tremendous for, for these people. No question that that's uh, an expanding, those job duties are expanding for sure. How is Surma organized? Is it, uh, you guys all get together at different conferences? How, how, how can someone engage if there's a risk manager out there listening right now that falls in this category that's not already part of Surma? How, how do they get, get engaged? Well, the easiest way is to become a member. You go to thesturmer.org and you click on the join now page. It's very easy to join, takes about three minutes. Um, and if you are a risk manager, there is no fee for you. We've got a uh, you know free membership to people who we call the industry side, which are risk managers, claims managers, uh, in-house counsel, people like that. And then we've got a category of non-industry folks who we tremendously value. Uh, there is a small fee for those kind of people and they are everyone else, you know, outside counsel, other vendors that support the industry, brokers, uh, all of whom provide very valuable resources and services. And we we really appreciate their membership, but uh, those are fee-based. So yeah, very easy to join. And, you know, we're not only looking for people to join, we're looking for people to be active. We a purposely small organization, small membership, and the goal is for people to be very interactive and uh, to really network and to really trust that your fellow members are there to help, not to sell you something, um, and that you could in kind share your information confidentially and be able to, you know, really, really sort of network the way maybe we used to back in the day before um, some of these organizations became very, very much about selling. Yeah, it's very interesting because one of the reasons I started the podcast is to get close to risk managers, but I saw at risk management events, risk managers were very much almost and I'd had an experience based in the education and science field at some point in my career, almost like scientists who get together and go, hey, this is what I'm doing. But it's like a two-day sort of thing that happens once a year where they communicate and then they go back away. And a lot of risk managers, you know, are one of maybe a couple within an organization that, and they don't have someone to bounce ideas off consistently. And so I really, really value these industry-specific groups, right, that that come together and try to create a space for all these people to organize. One of the things you mentioned is engagement. So what, I guess in the last year and a half since the group has launched, what are some of the success stories or things that you're very proud of that Surma was able to accomplish or members of Surma? Yeah, the list is long. You know, we, I'll give you just one, one example. We started as an organization right after, it was April of, let's see, 2022, I believe or so. And it was right after the Oscars. And it was right after the infamous slap where uh, Chris Rock was slapped by Will Smith. And within a week, we had a podcast up on the liability implications of the slap. In other words, if Chris Rock wanted to sue someone for his injuries, who would he sue? Who's liable? What are the risks there? What about other employees? Or what about other you know personnel who witnessed the slap? There were some stat I saw soon after that, where I think like 40% of people who saw the slap were suffering from some degree of PTSD. So we were right on it with a, uh, our first ever podcast on that issue. And that met our goal and set the standard really for our content, Jason, in that we want to be in the space and no one else is like, you know, I think if you Google that subject, you'll see no other, no one else covering that particular issue except for us. Similarly, you know, our, our podcasts, which are every two weeks, which are called the Sermapod, those cover breaking issues that really no one else is covering in the space. Everything from, you know, NILs to active shooters to uh, a lot of, you know, copyright, alleged copyright violations. I mean, the, the list is, is endless. And 
thankfully continues to supply us with ideas because, you know, again, every day there seems to be a different issue. So that's one thing I'm proud of, the the, uh, the degree to which our content is very timely and very much a reflection of what people are talking about. And then the quality of the people that we've attracted is mind-blowing to me, you know, within a few days of forming, we had an advisory board made up of, you know, professionals from companies like Red Bull, AEG Presents, Paramount Global, some other great companies, Spectacore, Cronky Entertainment. So I was really uh, very humbled and very pleased with the high degree of people, leaders in our industry who we attracted to the advisory board. And then that we continue to attract as members. We're very proud that we're of our 400 or so members. I think we're about 403 as of yesterday. It's probably 70% industry people. You know, that's atypical for an organization because, you know, usually they're very heavily weighed in favor of attorneys and other vendors, which is okay. You know, I'm a, I'm a vendor myself, but we're proud to have a uh, inordinate number of industry people. Yeah, I think that's really fascinating because one of the things that I coined here on this podcast and talking to the people who we talk to and at TrustLayer, where I'm the CRO, is the idea of the modern risk manager. The modern risk manager doesn't wait and knows they can't wait for all the statistics to be in to mitigate risk, to figure out how to address risk. And it sounds like the entire organization is built around, let's talk about the stuff that's happening right now that is breaking the traditional known risks that occur with this. It's not, how do I make this risk slightly less risky? I'm, I'm sure people do talk about that, but how do they make it slightly less risky? Let's actually talk about something that we have no net for today, that we don't know how we're going to do this and challenge ourselves to come up with some industry standards for how to deal with these really compromising issues that in the past, uh, risk managers may have waited for other organizations to start to try to solve or to resolve. And I think that really gives a lot of people in CERMA and the modern risk managers I talk to, they're getting a bigger seat at the table with their bosses and finding that executives are listening to the things that they're talking about. And, that, and that's something that really made me fascinated about the people and the quality of individuals you're bringing to the CERMA organization. I agree. I mean, I don't think anyone who is good at their job in this space is going to sit back and let the risk control them. Their whole raise on debt is to be ahead of that, be ahead of trends, be on the lookout for things that are coming and not be reactive, but be very proactive. And 100% that's kind of within our wheelhouse. Surma is to be on the cutting edge of the issues, deal with them before they exist, give people, you know, resources and tools to handle them and, you know, mitigate those exposures, you know, before they become a problem. Well, one of the things that I really like about your career being law, having the production company, is sort of your exposure to lots of different um, lanes. Does that mean law is specialized, but do you value a generalized approach to business understanding different aspects of that? Is that part of your your background and the way that you go to work. You know, one of the things that we have on this podcast is a lot of early people in their career. So I like to tease out from successful people, maybe ways they've become successful and sort of habits or, or, or things that they might conduct themselves in that aren't completely obvious. Yeah, it's a good question. I mean, you know, I've been fairly successful at my legal career for many years. And then I embarked on this production company with my partner few years ago. And that was completely new and very scary, to be honest, because, you know, I found myself in meetings or uh, in situations where, you know, I'm pretty comfortable, pretty confident in my legal space. I, I don't think there's many situations you can put me on legally that I wouldn't feel comfortable with, or at least could fake it pretty well. But when it came to, you know, sitting in a production meeting with 
the NFL, for example, or or uh, WME, right, or uh, these other organizations, it's a little harder to fake it. Uh, I felt a little a little bit of a rookie, and that was exciting. That was challenging. That was terrifying all at once. So my advice to those people are, you know, there's no shortcut that beats preparation. You know, the way I sort of level the playing field was to be incredibly prepared, anticipate questions before they're asked. But also, you're never going to be totally comfortable starting something new. So don't wait until that perfect time. You got to jump in. It's a cliche, but you got to kind of jump in sometime to learn how to sail the boat while you're building it. One of the things I always encourage people to do, and I think that's great advice, which is you've just mentioned it. We've talked about, it, you know, this is basically the theme of the podcast, which is things are emerging. Even someone with 20 years in, in the field are dealing with brand new situations that they didn't have to deal with before. And in fact, you coming in, you could be the expert in some of these very particular risk management cases, more so than maybe even the most senior risk manager on your team or, or your, your boss. You might be able to deep dive and go, hey, I'm going to be really focused on these cutting edge emerging risks and make sure that I'm bringing those to the attention of my team. So I, I really do think that's very strong advice. Anything else about Surma that you think that we should know? I, you know, one thing I, I don't usually do shout outs. It's not usually a thing where like, where can people get a hold of you? But I am very fascinated by organizations that really support the risk manager, that really focus on building within the industry. What about somebody in another industry lane who wants to start something like this? How would you tell them they could do that if someone in the construction industry wants to start a Surma-like group? What are some of those, those lessons that you would recommend? Well, I would say, you know, number one, check the market. I mean, there. I was surprised that there wasn't already an organization like this because these days I get in data, as I'm sure you do, of, you know, all sorts of continuing education and networking, and there's a lot out there. So, you know, the first thing is make sure that you're not the uh, Seth Rogen character in uh, the 40-year-old version, right? When they realize that, oh, you mean there's a Mr. Skin after they were working on the celebrity porn site for five years. Then they hear, oh, there's a Mr. Skin. You don't want to be that guy. But yeah, I mean, once you establish that, I would say get with some good people, right? I mean, I was able to, uh, you know, from day one, recruit my buddy from Red Bull, Simon Kishishian, who was our first member, our first advisory board member. And then, you know, he's got a great name in the industry. And once you line up a few of those kind of people, off you go. Yeah. And I would also say if you are in a place where there's already 10 organizations like this, join one of them and become the most active, engaged member, because a lot of these organizations do need people to step up and be engaged members in order for those organizations to thrive and eventually, you know, become wildly successful. Thank you, Rich. I really appreciate this conversation. It's really inspiring. And I have listened to your podcast and I find, you know, the things that you guys talk about to be really amazing and endearing. So I, I just want to say great work. Yeah, I'm a fan of you and your uh, podcast as well. And uh, it's, uh, it's, it's great to hear that others are providing this kind of information and, and content in the industry. So keep up the good work and continuing to be a listener. Thank you, Rich. Talk to you soon, Ben. All right. Thank you. Risk Management Brick by Brick is brought to you by TrustLayer. Find out how TrustLayer manages risk so that the people can build the physical world around us. Head over to TrustLayer.io. And then make sure to subscribe to Risk Management Brick by Brick on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. On behalf of the Trustlayer team, thank you for listening.